0: Welcome back to IPCPR 2017 with Cigar Federation. I'm Tripp here with Steve Saka, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. He's uh, using a very large knife to cut the cap off his cigar. Looks very dangerous.
1: I do this all the time.
0: How you doing today, Steve?
1: I'm good, I'm fat. As usual? Yeah, as (laughs) usual. (laughs) Something's never changed.
0: Uh, so we've been noticing you. You're very busy over here. Yeah, Not been, right now, but yeah, right
1: now things are like it's just lunchtime. But we've been, we were super slammed uh, all day yesterday, and we were very packed this morning too. So I mean, it's uh, I, I don't I don't get out on and around the floor, yeah. or I haven't yet. The last couple years, I haven't at all. But we we seem to do okay. All right.
0: So uh, you got some new stuff here, the Kodos. Oh, no, no. Toto's Los DS? no such thing as new anymore, don't you? Oh, it's not. It's to... not, of course. I, I smoked some of the, uh, the Toto's Los Diaz that came out before August 8th. Yeah,
1: it's significantly different, though.
0: Yeah, I kind of assumed that it would be.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, you have a whole other year to work with the tobacco, and, you know, so it's... Uh, I, I think if you smoke one of the ones from last year, I think it's not a good... If you really loved the one last year, you'll probably hate the one this year... You thought the one? Well, I don't know what you'll think, but it's definitely worth re-smoking before you make up your mind. Uh,
0: And on that note, I actually have to say I really like that you kept the same style of bands, Mm -hmm. but you changed the colors on them. Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's a good choice. Look, I'm—I like a very clean aesthetic. Yeah, it's just my style. Some guys like a real urban look. Some guys like a more new age thing. I, my personal taste profile, I tend to like more traditional, Latino, Spanish, Cuban. That's kind of what I like. So most of my brands, yeah. from a styling point of view, they kind of reflect that. But,
0: yeah, and a little bit kind of, kind of minimalist at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This one's kind of screwed up. I mean, it's a monogram. Nobody knows that the last word in a monogram goes in the center, you know? I'm not sure the D looks like a D. It looks kind of like an O to me, even. Who the hell knows?
0: Uh, so let's talk about the blend on Totos Los Dias first.
1: Uh, uh,
0: what's the blend like on that one? I'm not familiar with it.
1: Okay, well, Totos Los Dias is a Nicaraguan puro. So um, the base of it is primarily, it's all jalapa and esteli through the filler. Um, four different tobaccos for that. And then the binder is also from Jalapa. And the, uh, and then the wrapper is also from Jalapa. But the wrapper's kind of unique because it's a sun-grown uh, criollo. But if you look at it, it's um, very, very finely textured, you know? So it's like the super, super cherry cherry of the cherry from an aesthetic point of view. It's um, much thinner than what you would traditionally find in a sun-grown Nicaraguan wrapper. Part of that's just, I like for the burn to be much cleaner than most Nicaraguan cigars burn. Um, I'm not telling you, it's like, it's all Nicaraguan puros, it's probably not gonna burn perfect, so we're not gonna burn the way a sober mesa would burn, but also I don't want it to be something where you're having to touch it up seven, eight, nine, ten times while you're smoking it. Um, From a blend perspective, I mean, I'm always reluctant, because strength is such a relative thing. Everybody has different judgments as to what strength yeah. is. I will say that it's an incredibly strong cigar, but not upon initial light, okay? okay? It's, um, it actually starts a very smooth, and what ends up happening is, you know with most strong cigars, you smoke them, and they hit you with like a strong blast of black pepper, and then they kind of mellow, oh, yeah. and they just kind of go into kind of this period, and then as you get to the nub, they then kind of pick back up. This one doesn't do that at all. This one starts really mellow, and then it just slowly, 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 just keeps building in intensity, the entire cigar. And the other thing too is, it's very peppery, but not with that traditional black pepper. It's actually more like a sweet cayenne chili pepper. So it doesn't hit you on the tip of your tongue. You'll actually feel it on the sides of your tongue. And as you smoke it down, You'll also start to feel it coating the back of your palate. And what'll end up happening is, it has this kind of, instead of that sharp bite, it has that warm linger that you would get out of, like when you eat a curry or something like that, or a a really good mole. And so it just keeps building. The thing I would tell people is, if they doubt it's strong or not, get into about an inch, and then give it a good retrohale, and you'll know right away, wow, this is a lot stronger than what I'm perceiving. And by the time you get to the end of it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty high concentration of nicotine. It's it, 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 it's a strong cigar, all right. in my opinion. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I've heard from uh,
0: some other people as well. And you've also got the new Moistre de Saka
1: coming. You're showing it off a little bit. You're not giving out samples yeah, or anything. Yeah, all, uh, the, all the Moistre Naca tamales, they're all made already. Okay. And they're going to ship tail end of October. And that's, um, I'm really, I'm excited about that one. I'm, it's a unique project because, you know, all the Mouestras are different. They're different blends, they're different Vitolas, and every one of them is meant to be some sort of challenge. And the Naka Tamale is kind of like seeing if I can make a cigar that's worth smoking, doing it the old-fashioned way, where, you know, today you have a million different tobaccos we blend with. You got... You know, different seed varieties, different farms, different farmers, different countries of origin. This is where you're taking one single tobacco grown at one farm, and you're making the entire blend out of just that one single ingredient. Pretty much the way Cuban cigars are still yeah. made to this day, but outside of Cuba, I mean, Sober Mesa, seven different tobaccos. Yeah. You know, Mi Querida, six different tobaccos. Todos los días, it's six different tobaccos this is where it's really you've got a very limited tobacco you basically have one tobacco for everything and then you have a wrapper so it's seeing can you actually make an interesting smokable complex cigar when you're not getting the complexity necessarily because of the tobacco variety but more so because of how you're selecting the tobacco from the crop and also how you're individually fermenting and working those individual tobaccos to give you different notes and characteristics so it was a it was a bit of a challenging project, and um, I'll be really interested to see what people think of it.
0: Uh, I'm really excited for that one. I don't know if you saw my uh, review of the Exclusivo. It's it's tied for highest rating of the year so far. Oh, really? 95.
1: Wow, oh, wow, that's great. Thanks. Uh, sure
0: and, i read it. There's so many reviews. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. And also, as I told you in January, I'm still raging on short churchills i cannot stop smoking those things
1: yeah i'm totally i'm a i'm a short i'm one every day if not two every day i, I love i'm not cigar. quite there
0: uh, but it's not as expensive for you as it is for me
1: yeah I, I get a better price on them that part is true yeah but i mean it's my morning cigar with my cup of espresso every day oh wow i mean that is that is my morning cigar so i love that cigar yeah that one just you know sometimes certain things click E Sobremesa, Cervantes Fino, Elegante, Short Churchill, those are my standout three favorites. Miqueirita, I don't actually know. I like all of them, but there isn't as much diversity in Miquerita. I mean, the only Miqueirita I don't smoke with regularity is I don't smoke the Ancho Corta, because I don't smoke a lot of Robustos. And I don't smoke the Masucia, the Gigantes, the 7x64. Other than really pretty much for quality control purposes. But one of the things that's interesting about that cigar is it's actually the strongest of the Miquiritas.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, normally the larger sizes are smoother and lighter. But Masusia is actually stronger than the rest. So when you get to the end of Masusia, it's a heavy cigar. It's probably good. It's good for the guy that likes diggers. Sure. So it gives him like an alternative cigar. You know, if diggers my normal cigar choice. But I want to try something different. I really like large formats. Most large formats are really just kind of boring and tepid. It gives that guy something that he can say, oh, well, you know, let me me throw in a Masucia in my steady diet of diggers. It gives him an alternative choice.
0: Yeah, something a little more exciting, but in the same similar format.
1: Yeah, it's in that same Gigante style format.
0: And uh, I know Rob was doing this last year, and I meant to do it this year, and I just never got to it. What's the best place to eat in Las Vegas?
1: I was figuring this out the other day. I've been to Las Vegas like nearly 40 times. So I've pretty much eaten everywhere. So, I mean, there's so many exceptional restaurants. It's hard to say which is the best. The problem that you have in Las Vegas is you could have an incredible meal, but it costs you so much. I mean, the prices are through the roof. So you're like, we actually went off the strip last night. We ate at a place called Hobok. Um, it's an authentic Korean barbecue. And four of us ate ourselves silly for $125. There you go. And the meal was amazing. So is it the best place? I don't know, but it was one of the more memorable experiences. A place that we've eaten this trip that we really enjoyed, there's a new restaurant over at Venetia called Chica's that kind of does this, um, they're kind of confused over there. It's. Mexican Peruvian Argentinian you know Colombian and a whole bunch of different dishes that was really exceptionally good so we really enjoyed that meal I always like eating at yellowtail for sushi oh, yeah. over at Bellagio I actually like it better than no booze um, so it's to find the best I mean there's so many great places to eat in this city I mean have you gotten a universal answer where people keep saying this is the one
0: absolutely not never.
1: And it's always the last place they ate, because that's the one that's freshest in your mind, I think.
0: Yeah, and there's like a quality level that you don't get at other places where everything is pretty damn good. It's hard to have a bad meal in Vegas unless did, you go to I somewhere did, that's terrible.
1: Uh, at SLS, we ate at a place called Umami Burger that everyone raved oh, yeah. about. We spent $120, bucks: 2 burgers, two draft beers, two orders of fries, and a giant-ass pretzel. The best thing was a pretzel. And the bill is like 130 bucks. Wow. So don't go to a mommy burger. Skip right. that one at SLA.
0: You heard it here first.
1: Yeah. Ignore those people in Yelp. They don't know what they're talking about.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Steve. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for
1: watching IPCPR 2017 with Cigar Federation.